You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentaries Global Rankings. Welcome to this, the Saturday edition, episode 83. My name is Sam Cunningham. Thank you for joining us for another Ascot preview. Royal Ascot week is almost upon us, and in addition to milliners around the country, there have been a number of other particularly busy people, a few of whom, such as Charlie Fellows, Holly Doyle and Peter Snowden, amongst others, found a few moments to talk to the Nick Luck Daily team to provide a little insight into what we can expect from the next week. Next Tuesday is a huge day of racing, with Group 1 races filling the front of the card. A race which is always particularly exciting is the King Stand Stakes. It looks quite open this year, with Highfield Princess and Aussie Philly, Cool and Gatter looking promising. Also of note in the race, a sprinter who improved significantly last year, Manikan, trained by John Ryan. After having had a run at Newmarket on soft ground, Nick asked John how the horse had moved on since. He's well. He's come come forward leaps and bounds really from there. We've um, we've had him on the grass a couple of times, as you know, it's well documented. He, he likes faster ground, um, and he's um, he's done a couple of very nice pieces of work. Um, we think he's gone. We've gone to the place he needs to be. But um, no, I think I've been very happy with all his work. He did a very nice piece on on um, on Saturday morning, and um, I think that's probably put him right. I think Frankie will probably come and sit on him midweek um, just to give him a blow before Ascot and. Um, and hopefully that's us done. Uh, he's had three runs at Ascot. He ran a terrific race uh, in the Palace of Holyrood House. That was the first time he really put up a performance of, of stakes quality last year. And then he won his two races at Ascot in August uh, and October, in spite of softish ground the, the final time. In your opinion, how much has he improved from last season to this? I think I think like like most sprinters do, I think he's just matured and strengthened up. I mean, physically, he's a lot, a lot stronger. Um, he's a lot more robust. You can see, you know, the the, the quarters on him um, are, are bigger and stronger. His neck, obviously, is deeper. He's um, as as most sort of colts going forward to becoming um, stallions, as it were, as as age group says that they they start to put the bulk on and and. But he stayed very well balanced with it. He stayed level all the way, which is um, has, has been good for us because we haven't had to um, ease back on his work, you know. Someone who certainly hasn't eased back on her work is Holly Doyle. Nick asked Holly about what she knows regarding her rides for Ascot next week. Um, we've got some nice two-year-olds going to war. We've got an army ethos. Um, I'm really looking forward to riding him in the Coventry. He um, won up at Airbase horse that looks to have plenty of potential hopefully and uh, is, is brad still going to ask it yeah he'll um I, he, I think he's gonna um step down and trip five funnels to the king stand so um his last two runs have suggested that he probably does need to step back and trip now um but he's in he's in fine fettle i sat on him last week um so you know we, we know he's a good horse it's, it's just um having things fall right for him really Hoping things fall right during his first time at Royal Ascot is Cannonball's trainer, Peter Snowden. I met Peter in Newmarket to ask how it feels to have an Ascot runner. Yeah, no, fantastic. We've never had a runner here and uh, we've always watched it each year. Um, seen a lot of Aussies do well here. Um, 
but just sort of waited for the right horse to bring over. And this this guy sort of fit fit the criteria as far as toughness goes. Is um, I've only had him a short time, and two starts I gave him, he won both of them. And one was a stakes race. He ran very fast time, and he backed up a week later in a Group One, and ran an enormous uh, race. Um, he's food for thought that he's a bit unlucky not to have won. So um, I thought then well, he's a serious horse. He had to do it a week after. Uh, like a career best PB for him, I thought he's he's still got the toughness uh, to get over here. Whether you got the ability or not, we'll have to find out because he's very likely raced and he hasn't yeah. been in that tough arena of season sprinters yet. And so this is a big ask for him to, to stand up and, and do that. But um, you know, good horses do good things, and hopefully uh, he makes his mark here this year. Uh, Brett is winning most of his starts actually, and he has ridden here before. He when he's riding in Hong Kong, he came over and rode for Casper Founds, I think, uh, one year, and and. Um, so he's been here with him before, but he was quite keen to come. He, he, uh, when we offered him the ride, he jumped at it. He said, no, he, he thought he'd be a worthy contender, and um, he thinks enough of his ability to be competitive anyway. And how do you think less than 10 days out he compares to the rest of the field now? There's been good horses here, even the other Australian filly. She's very, very good, and I certainly wouldn't estimate, underestimate her at all. But um, but I'll go right through the form from now to Tuesday and just each one and just pick and choose like there's always some bunnies here that run hard early so I won't be yeah. too inclined to be chasing too hard too early because that little rise yesterday was I'm glad I've seen it because it looks yeah. pretty peak it looks like Mount Everest the last 50 metres but I think he's got the ability to be certainly competitive anyway what type of ground do you think he'd be best suited to? Oh, he's been on good ground, um, but I think it, it got to a five or a six, so I wouldn't be too concerned about it. Um, but it got heavy rain, seven, eight, nine heavy tracks. Yeah. That wouldn't be his go at all, no. He's, he's definitely not the same horse on, on that yeah. sort of ground yet. Nick joined Charlie Hills as he was preparing some horses for Royal Ascot to find out if he thought they could be his best team ever, despite how competitive the field are this year. You know, if we just get one winner, it'd be be a good week. Uh, but there's some nice chances, you know. And if, hopefully, if things go right, um, it might be, might be better. I mean, Cicero's gift, I suppose, is the buzz horse. I mean, for a horse who, yes, he's he's got form and he's looked impressive, but it's not it's not stakes race form as such. And and he's you know nearly the same price as two horses who've won guineas. When you look at that, what do you think? Yeah, uh, it's um, yeah. I'm, I'm a bit surprised, really, but you know he's a really nice horse, and he's going the right direction. He's unbeaten, and uh, he's a horse that um, just keeps improving. And you know he has got some decent enough form. I think uh, Docklands looks a nice horse. It's going for the Britannia, uh, and then the Roger Varian horse. You know he's, he's got some good form, a second in the field, in and ran a really good race. I thought at Epsom. Mm. So, and you did thrash those horses. Yeah, yeah, but it's you know, springtime. You just you know things different happen. It's it's going to be fast ground, so there's been different conditions we've got to cope with. Yeah, and is, is fast ground an issue? Do you think, given that he's one on soft, one on good to soft, one on the poly track? Uh, I don't know. I mean, his dad. He's, he's so similar to his dad, uh, Muhara. You know, he's got the same action, and he went on all types of ground. You know, so we'll see. I, I think uh, I, I think he'll handle it pretty good, but time will tell. Uh, you've got your old buddy James McDonald here riding work this morning, and you've got him on on Galleron. Uh, he's going to ride him in the in the same race in the St James's Palace. Yeah, he will. Yeah, we just decided yesterday that decided yesterday that we'll um, we'll go for the St James's Palace with him. You know, Galleron, he's 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 an amazing horse. He just keeps giving and he's improving. I'm sure he's keep, he's improved um, since his last run. He looks fantastic. Um, you know, and he arguably got he got a. You know, he did, things didn't go his way in the Irish Guineas. They got a little bit too far back, and they didn't get the most ideal run through. And 
he was probably one of the best finishers um, at the line. So, uh, you know, if, if you just get him in a bit better position early on in a race, you know, he's got a lot to find with Paddington, and Paddington's, you know, one of the ones we've got to beat. Okay, Mustasabek is a horse who is going to run in the, in the Queen Anne. Uh, could you hope for better than, than you got in the Lockinge? Yeah, I think I just Lockinge, I, I, to me, he ran a little bit flat. Uh, he was so impressive the first time at, at Newmarket. And then, unfortunately, because we had to keep, keep taking late loads, um, he had to go and have a stools test. Uh, so he had to go to Lingfield in between the, the, the two-week gap. So he had to go to race course three times in three weeks. And I, I just think it all pretty caught up with him. Okay, of the others, Charlie, and you, you run plenty. Who are you? Who are you feeling most most positively disposed towards at the moment? Um, I'm really looking forward to watching Orazio run in the Wokingham. I, th- I think he looks. He's been training really nicely. If any rain comes, it'll really help him. And I think he's got a proper chance. Best of luck. Thanks, Nick. On now to the Gold Cup and the highest-rated horse in the race, which remains Trushan, despite two rather disappointing runs this season. Nick talked to his trainer, Alan King, about just why they were possibly so disappointing and what has been done in the intervening period. We gave him a thorough MOT after, after his, um, the Ascot run and the Cigarro and um, we sent him down to Ben Brain, who obviously most people know specialises on the, the breathing, and, and, and he found, or we found that he had a sort of unstable soft palate so that's been cauterized. Um, he's back and strong work again. Look, we're very happy with him. But, you know, I, I was worried early on that maybe the hard races had left an effect on him. But I think more poor, poor bugger wasn't breathing properly. So um, he went awfully well at the weekend. He's due to work again tomorrow. And, and then it'll be up to, you know, the lap of the gods as to how much rain we get as to whether he makes it to Ascot or not. I remember speaking to you earlier in the season after the first of the disappointing runs and you were saying, well, maybe I maybe I ought to try and do something different with him or just tinker about with him, play around with him just to sort of see if I can ginger him up a bit. Do you actually just think it was just the breathing pure and simple and you haven't really had to? I think so, yeah. Um, I mean, we have swapped yards as well. I mean, he's always been, he's been based over a sharp pitch really all his life. So we, we, we brought him to the main yard um, just to give him a change. He goes into the spa every day after exercise as well. And um, it was very interesting talking to Ben when he when he worked him with the with the camera and he's through it that he was working very well and as as the soft palate sort of billowed up the head went in the air and he sort of well, didn't down tools but he's you know it he, he was definitely affecting him and and that's what I think we were seeing at the end of those two races Nottingham and Ascot you know I mean Nottingham he looked sure to win as he sort of quickened up between the two and the one and I I put it down to maybe first run back on deep ground but I think there was a, a physical um, underlying problem you know so you just monitor the forecast for next week but I mean you'd like to run him if you got what good to soft I guess oh good good to soft we would run him yes um, but of course it's the one race that we've always wanted to have a run in is, is the Gold Cup he's never managed it yet but um, I don't know I, I, I'm not overly hopeful looking at the forecast you know Um it would probably need to rain heavily on the sort of Wednesday, Thursday to, 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 to make it viable, but we'll see. Another international contender looking to make his mark at Ascot is American No Name Mets. No Name Mets, the mount of Frankie de Torre, will be attempting to become the third US-trained winner of the Group 2 Norfolk Stakes. I caught up with Blair Gollan, assistant trainer to No Name Mets' trainer, George Weaver, to find out how he was coping after the journey and what it means to the team to have Frankie on board. He settled in nicely, 
so I'm happy with him. What's been the focus in terms of preparation? Just getting him accustomed to the just to the course, because we run it's everything we run on is, is pretty much flat. There's not if there is any elevation or difference, it's not much. So that's why I want to take him out on the seven for a long stretch because there is a little bit of up and down to it. So just get him just get him used to it. So I'm sure he'll take to it just fine. After scoring a 10-1 upset while making his debut at the Royal Palm Juvenile, how do you anticipate he'll fare at Ascot next week? Oh, I think we came here to win. <laughs> That's the right attitude. That's right. Yeah, we came here to win. <laughs> so. And are there any particular challenges that you're anticipating in the race that would get in the way of that win? I mean, I just... I think, you know, because American racing, there's never... There's very rarely a big field, you know, and I always think that's a big challenge because also you're going straight. So mm -hmm. sometimes horses will divide out. So yeah. it'll be a pack on Absolutely. one side, it'll be a pack on another. Uh, luckily, you know, we have Frankie Dottori riding him. And obviously, if anybody knows how to ride the course, it's Should definitely him. So, um, uh, so I think that that's definitely to our advantage. And what so. does it mean to yourself and the team to have Frankie riding for you, especially in his last season? Uh, everything everything it makes Wesley Ward jealous it's even better. <laughs> Royal Ascot success is not a new experience for Newmarket trainer Charlie Fellows with Grand Alliance coming heartbreakingly close to victory last year. Nick asked Charlie how Grand Alliance is faring after firmly removing himself from the naughty step at Newbury. Uh, he's in good order um, he's versatile ground wise you know, he's won on bottomless he, he was beat at Ascot last year on, on a road so I think we go on anything and I think looking at the field I'd probably rather it was quick ground for him because that might scare Hookham off who uh, could be very hard to beat if the ground comes up so soft side of good so um, he is on track he looks a picture very happy with him um, Marban is a humongous price for the Commonwealth Cup I and mean, that was a really really creditable run uh, at Salisbury behind a horse who's going for the for the Jubilee um, is there something I'm missing uh, no, I, no, I don't think so. I tend, I tend to agree with you. I'm slightly surprised at his price. I think that was a good, uh, a very good listed race. It was a group race in all but name last time out, and he looked like a sprinter. You know, we were when he ran at Ascot, he was off the bridle early on, although he did have to race with him on his own a little bit. But we were just slightly in two minds as to whether he was a Commonwealth Cup horse or a Jersey horse uh, at Salisbury. He really confirmed that he is a sprinter. He travelled like a sprinter. He probably doesn't have that electric turn of foot uh, that you need, especially if they go stride steady. But at Ascot, you tend not to need that, and they always go a good pace. So, I'm yeah, a bit like you. I'm surprised that he's the price he is. Um, I'd be amazed if he goes off that big uh, on the day. You're not a massive price in the in the Hunt Cup with with Atrium. Do you do you give him any sort of chance? Yeah, Atrium just hasn't had anything go his way this year. He needs a strong pace to aim at. He needs a little bit of cut in the ground. First two runs were on bottomless ground, which he hated. And then his last run at Newbury, they went too steady for him. Uh, Hunt Couple set up really nicely. He loves a strong pace, good big field to aim at. Um, but he would not want it too quick. So uh, just he, he wouldn't want a road. He'd want sort of good or, good or softer, basically. Another man who is hoping for a little rain for some of his horses is Mark McStay, who ran Charlotte through some of Mr Ho's Ascot contenders, including Doval Legend, this week. Luckily, Mr Ho is making a trip um, from Hong Kong to see his horses run, so we're delighted to have him over. It'll be his first time attending Royal Ascot, so a really, really, really exciting week. 
George fifth handicap on the Thursday. Um, it's likely that we will have Wonder Legend running there, who was a very impressive winner last time at Doncaster. Um, I think he could be our best chance of the week. Um, I think he's a very exciting horse. We purchased him at the Arcana Breeze Up sale. He's a seed of stars. We love that star. Obviously, the same star as Toby Legend. Um, got him from Tom and Domara. And we've always liked him. Um, and I think he's he, he is he's a very exciting horse. Um, and, you know, again, probably wouldn't want it too fast, um, the ground. So, again... We watch for a bit of rain, you know, but I think I think we will. He will take his chance, and I think he's a very, you know, he's a very nice prospect for the future. On Friday, then, you know, Canberra Legend is going to run in the Edward the Seventh. Um, obviously, he was our most exciting horse this year. He won the won the field in impressively after winning the Newcastle Maiden. We were hoping that he might be a Derby horse for him, but he he did fluff his lines at York the last day. Um, kind of, you know, got a bit overwhelmed in the preliminaries. Um. So, you know, he's been, he, he never shown signs of that previously or afterwards, but on the day he, he didn't take to the occasion. So we obviously skipped Epsom and we've just nurtured him along here. He, he did a very nice piece of work a couple of weeks ago at Chelmsford with Deauville Legend. Um, I saw him do his last, last breeze the other day and, you know, we're very, very pleased with him. And, you know, if he's back to his A game, he'd be very competitive in that. He's, he is a good horse. Um, I just hope that he mentally takes the occasion of Ascot well, which we hope he does. And we'll be doing everything, to, doing everything to get him, get him there in one piece. So, you know, he's, he's a very nice horse and James Ferguson and his team couldn't be happier with him. Um, obviously last but not least, we run Dovey Legend in the Hardwick, um, for James Ferguson. Look, he was a superstar for us last year and ran a hell of a race in the Melbourne Cup. Um, our long-term plan with this horse is to get him to the Hong Kong international races, which, as you can imagine, for a Hong Kong-based owner like Mr. Ho, is very important. Um, so that's in December. So we were in no rush to get him back on the track early this year, knowing that we wanted to go right to the end of the year. Um, he's an exciting horse. Um, he's done everything right. First run of the season since last first run since last November might be a big ask, but. I think all in all, I think he'd give a very good account of himself. He's been working really well. Um, you know, races like the King George and the Irish St. Ledger could be future targets as well. Um, so we'd just be very, very happy to see him back on track. So now we've got a, a really exciting week. Another person set to have an exciting week due to the number of two-year-olds that they own at Royal Ascot will be Kia Drubchen of Ammo Racing. With entries in races such as the Coventry Stakes, and to tell us more about their entries is Tom Pennington, his racing manager, which he did when Nick asked him about them earlier this week. Um, but Coventry, as things stand, I'd say we'll have sort of Buccaneer if Worthy entered, who won on the first day of the season at the Curra. Um, Richard Hannon will probably have a couple entered, headed by Packard, who broke his maiden at Linkfield last week. Um, and I'm sure Thunder Blue, who won impressively at Goodwood on Sunday, will have an entry there as will Cuban Thunder, who won nicely at the Dante meeting for Dominic French-Davis. They'd be the sort of four that might be entered for the Coventry Stakes. If you were Kevin Stott, which one of them would you ride? Um, God, if I was Kevin Stott, which one? Again, a lot of it depends on the ground, Nick. Um, mixed messages with regards to the weather. Who would I ride? I don't know. I'd say if there was a bit of cut in the ground and the rain came, I'd probably, I'd probably lean towards Buccaneer Fuerte. Okay. Um, it looks as though there are some showers around next week, but nothing that substantial at the moment. What about the Queen Mary? Queen Mary, um, 
we've got a couple of nice fillies. Um, Alice Haynes has Majestic Beauty. She'll probably go there. I was in at George Bowie this morning. He is very happy with Graceful Thunder. Okay, uh, let's move on and talk about the, the Norfolk. You're going to struggle to win that race, I think, or are you? Yes, it looks a very strong race on paper. Obviously, everyone's talking about Carbert Colt. He won the National Stakes in a very good time. He looks a nice horse. Um, if the rain did develop and, it, you know, there was a bit of soft in the description, I think we could we could earmark that race for Thunder Blue, who, who will have a Coventry entry, but he's a very nice horse. I know Roger th- thought a lot of his horse to be beat the other day at Goodwood, and um, we like him a lot. I, I, but as you say, it'll take a, take a bit of winning that race. And have you planned horses specifically for the Windsor Castle, or are you using that as a as a, a bit of a um, overspill race? Um, look, every two year old race is going to be very competitive. But we, you know, I think we've Alice is quite keen to run maximum impact there. He's a nice horse. He's won both his races this season. He obviously won that faster race at Leicester when there were no stalls and heavy ground. Uh, but then he backed it up and won over C and D at Ascot on better ground. Um, back in May I think he'll go there he's a very nice horse he's been ticking over nicely since then working well so I think he'll be um, he'll be going for the Windsor Castle Our last conversation was after Lagarida had won at Goodwood I presume she's the, the number one for the Albany Yeah I mean this she's going to be one we have to discuss with Richard and Keir um, the form of that race at Goodwood was working out quite nicely now John Gosling's Qatar racing filly that was third she went and won nicely at Kempton um, but she is by New Bay so she could she could run in the Chesham. I'm not sure, you know, Kia's happy to take on anything. I, I was I was actually very taken with the good old horse that won at Haydock last week. If he goes there, he might take a bit of beating, but we get the we get the Phillies allowance. Phillies have got a decent record in there. I think September won it a few years ago for Aiden. Maybe he's won it. So she's got options. But the way she won at Goodwood, I'm, I'm sure she'll be competitive in anything she runs in. She's a very nice filly. And we haven't lost faith in Persian Dreamer, who was obviously very impressive at the Craven meeting. Then I think a combination of the five furlongs and the quick ground in the Mary Gate probably played played against her. She didn't really let herself down on that ground, but um, she's a very nice filly, and I think six furlongs will suit her at Ascot. Another horse whose team are hoping that Ascot suits him is Pardriver, who has been making headlines in recent days following the news of his imminent return to the Hardwick Stakes on the Saturday at Ascot. He, of course, is the horse who won the King George VI and Queen Elizabeth Stakes in 2022, which is one of his many excellent performances on his CV, particularly at Ascot. Nick caught up with William Muir, his co-trainer, to get an update on how his crucial piece of work went at Kempton Park at the start of the week. No, it all went extremely well, Nick. Um, we went. We just basically always tried to do before a race. We tried to go and cover the distance and just felt that the ground, I wouldn't want to go the ground and Newbury's been brilliant in the all the way through Newbury's always helped us but they've got a race meeting just coming up and I wanted to do it yesterday so we went to the all weather just covered a mile and a half just at you know a nice pace and just letting quicken all the way down the straight which he's done really well and he's come home and he's eaten and he was great this morning so in that sense it's just that actual first race match fitness that might just be the only thing that catches us out on the day but but as I've said before this is a, a mean to an end mm. I mean yes the Hardwick is a fantastic race but we've got to run somewhere for it to try and be spot on for the King George yeah and he was so good in the King George last year why wouldn't you why do you think that round course at Ascot suits him so well I, I just listen I think he's just 
I could I could mention every course he's been to has suited him. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. He does love Ascot, but is it just because we went there? We could say we only went to York once and he won. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think he's just a very good horse, and when you've got horses of that caliber, it just seems to handle any ground, any trip, any track. So yeah. I don't, I don't know, but he he has done especially well. He's got a great mind. Things don't things don't get to him like you go to some of these big meetings and horses can just think about it because there's a big crowd and he just walks around and takes in everything. A bit like when we first went abroad to Hong Kong. I mean, it, I thought well, Crumbs were going to be building up in this menage with everybody else. He just walked around there like he owned it and they were trotting and cantering past either way and then he went out on the track and horses are cantering past, galloping past, never batting an eyelid. So I think I think more than anything, temperament is the greatest thing in a racehorse. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Nick Luck Daily Podcast. We hope you will have a lovely weekend and if you have a chance, give us a little subscribe and rate wherever you find your podcasts. Enjoy the sunshine. See you on Monday. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Thank you.